Welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Upset the Vow series. Now let's join Pastor Tim. I'm so grateful that you're here. If you're a first-time visitor, I'm so grateful you uh, decided to spend some time with us today. And uh, for those of you all that are watching online from all over the country or halfway around the world, we got people that stay up in places like South Africa and... uh, Um, Australia so that they can watch the service with us live. So can y'all just like make some noise for everybody that's watching us right now? We love you so much! Hey, I have a lot to cover today. I have a lot of content to go over uh, in this message, but I do want to give one shout out. And the reason why I want to give a shout out to this couple is because they always write in. They don't type in, they mail us stuff. So they mail this little shine bright, Put this in the mail, okay? Like, I don't even know what envelope this goes in, like a Frisbee envelope or whatever. But it says, thank you, Embassy City, for being bright lights in this world. You have helped us have a much richer walk with Jesus, and your messages with Upsetting the Vows has been outstanding. Thank you, Juliet, uh, for your wisdom and reminding us that it is a privilege and honor to be married with each other. Beautifully said, plus, you two are great to watch Wish we were sitting in the audience, maybe one day. God bless Anna and Robert Shand. So uh, let's just say to you two that if you want to come out here, we know you're from California, so you'll probably stay out here. And uh, (laughs) everybody from Cali is moving to Texas. So if you feel in that spirit, get like a frog and jump. So... um, I'm so grateful that uh, you're enjoying this and we love you and these encourage us more than you'll ever know, Frisbee. So um, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them to Genesis chapter number one. So this weekend, uh, I am teaching a message uh, on sexuality and um, we are living in a time in our culture that Christians are having it a very difficult time having conversations about sexuality and about sex because of what secular culture is presenting to us. We also have a lot of people that believe in Jesus uh, that are starting to try to redefine uh, what God intended for sexuality. So there's been a lot of eggshell kind of walking and tiptoeing on the subject because we don't want to offend anybody. Uh, But I I have come to the conclusion that uh, the most offensive thing that you can give someone is your opinion. (laughs) And as believers in Jesus Christ, one of the most offensive things that we can give people is our opinions. But we are standing on very solid ground when we don't try to give our perspective but we give God's perspective on what he has to say about the way that we who call ourselves believers in Jesus Christ should be living living their lives. So I have no problem teaching what I'm teaching today because I have no opinion to give you. I'm going to read the Bible and tell you what the Bible says, and you can disagree or agree with him. If you mad, take it up with him. If you get offended, take it up with him. If you get really frustrated with it, take it up with him. You can talk to me, but we'll take it up with him. Right? Now, here's what I want to say. There are going to be points I make in this message that are going to make religious people incredibly uncomfortable. Incredibly. There are going to be people that have more liberal views uh, that when I read certain things, it's going to make you incredibly uncomfortable. I want you to breathe deep. Hopefully you have a breathable mask. I want you to breathe very deep. If you get lightheaded, hold the person's hand next to you. Whether you know him or not, just be like, I need, I need to be anchored right now. This dude is challenging me. Okay. I want to read the Bible. I'm going to cover a lot. And I'm not going to let it go till I'm done. Are we clear? 
If you're ready to grow, say, let's grow. Let's grow. If you're ready to grow, say, let's grow. Let's grow. If you're ready to grow, say, let's grow. Let's grow. All right, so uh, I want to give you, um, I just want to dive straight into this. There's so much I have to cover that I can't, like, just kind of open it up and blah, 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 blah. I told you I'm talking about sexuality, so how about we just go in? Good? Four points to this message. Uh, here's the first point. God created our sexuality. God created our sexuality. Here's what it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God said, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Can I just pause and say, this is one of the reasons when I, why when I get to heaven, I want to hunt uh, Adam and Eve down. Because we were supposed to reign over fish, birds, and animals. Like, we shouldn't have to train them. Like, if this was pre-Adamic fall, Earth, like we would just tell fish, you come in my boat. <laughs> You're delicious, right? I mean, right? We would be like bareback riding lions on a safari. We would just like drive up in a safari and be like, lion, Sim- Simba, come here. <laughs> like I just want to <laughs> ride a lion. This got broken after the fall. Our command over animals, birds, fish, the way we're supposed to reign was broken, and our sexuality was broken as well. Everything got broke when sin came into the earth. But God created sexuality. So there's some bullets that I want you to have uh, for this particular point uh, uh, that I want you to write down, because I think it's going to calibrate us into what it is that we want to do. So... Um, human beings are sexual beings. That's just, these are some of be, going to be some no-duh things, but I want you to take some good notes. And so I want you to know that human beings are sexual beings because God created us that way. Uh, the next b- bullet I want you to write down is through our sexuality, we fill the world and govern it. Through our sexuality, we fill the world And we govern it. The reason why he made us sexual beings, the reason why he he stated that in Genesis chapter 127 is because we could not fulfill Genesis chapter 128 without sexuality. He said, be fruitful and multiply. And he says, I want you to govern the earth. Men and women were put in the earth to govern it. And we were supposed to govern govern it through our sexuality. And we need men and women to do that. If only men were governing, we would all be dead. Because all we want to do is fight. Our testosterone is too much. We would have had four nuclear winters by now. (laughs) The only people that would have survived are like mutants and roaches. It's not supposed to be all men. It's not supposed to be all women either. We are supposed to govern together. It's the way he created us to do it. And he did that by giving us sexuality. And in our genders, male and female, he wanted us to govern the earth that he created. The last one is that male and female sexuality is central to what it means to be human. Male and female sexuality is central to what it means to be human, and this is why it is so attacked. (laughs) Because it is so central to who we are that somehow, someway, through the brokenness of sin in the earth, we've tried to claim it for ourselves. But God created 
our sexuality. Which brings us to point number two. Please write this down. God directed our sexuality. God directed our sexuality. Well, Tim, what do you mean by he directed it? He is the one that guided our sexuality to a man and a woman. Here's what it says in Genesis chapter number 2, verse number 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and here it is, and he brought her to the man. He put Adam to sleep. He formed this woman. And then he brought this woman and her sexuality to this man and his sexuality. He directed it. He said, your sexuality goes to this man's sexuality. And man, your sexuality goes to this woman's sexuality. I made her sexuality completely other than yours because I am a God that puts things that are different together. The reason why our relationship with God is absolutely amazing is because he is absolutely other than us. We ain't like God. And he is not like us. So we go good together. He did not give Adam options with his sexuality. He, he did not say, um, uh, uh, you, here's your sexuality. Um, even though I created it, I want you to be able to direct it as you wish. So, so let me bring you uh, a female... Let me bring you um, a male. Let me, oh, it's good. You know what? I know this is early on. I just created, but you know, about 6,000 years from now, I know I made it too simple. Male and female. And I try to direct you to each other, but what you might like, you, you know, you might want cisgender pansexual, transgender, non-binary. Depends on what I feel like on this day. Asexual. He directed male sexuality to female sexuality, and he directed female sexuality to male sexuality. He didn't do it for them to start it, for it to turn into something else later. He said it, and that's the only way we get to where we are right now, is that female sexuality is directed toward male sexuality, male sexuality is directed toward female sexuality. God directed sexuality. And he did it in the beginning And he's made no modifications since. Now, here is uh, what a lot of my friends from the LBGTQIA community say uh, about that verse. That's the Old Testament. It's in the Old Testament, so it doesn't count. And really, acts going forward doesn't count. Jesus had nothing to say about the direction of sexuality. Except that he did. (laughs) So in Matthew chapter number 19, which we read last week actually in context of divorce, Jesus makes a statement in red 
that actually repeats what his dad did in Genesis. Haven't you read the scriptures? Jesus replied. They record that what? From the beginning, God made them what? Male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother who were directed to each other and is joined to his wife, which is the only place he is legally, spiritually, theologically assigned to go to sexually. And those two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. God put together the sexuality of males and females to go to each other. In exclusivity in a marriage. Which brings me to point number three. God protected our sexuality. God protected our sexuality. Now, I have, I have a lot to bring into context here because when it comes to our sexuality and the expression of it, uh, what the church has usually done is uh, point to behavior and preach against it. You are going to hell for your behavior. You are going to hell because of your attractions. You are going to bust hell wide open <laughs> because you're having sex. God protect, protects us by giving us his decrees and his commands prior to us ever being exposed to what he wants us to enjoy. So, so, so God protected our sexuality. I'm going to read a, a, a whole chapter. Y'all just going to have to deal with it. I'm going to read a whole chapter, and it's a chapter that um, uh, a lot of my friends uh, 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 who are not saved, who want to have all the sex they want, uh, hetero, all the sex they want to have, homo, uh, they, they hate this particular uh, chapter that I'm about to read. But, but they don't actually hate the chapter. They just hate one verse in the chapter. Uh, and so before I even read it, I want to apologize uh, on behalf of the preachers that have uh, literally taken a cluster of sins. If it, were, if it were a grape cluster of grapes, they've taken a cluster and only picked off one of the sins and try to make it seem worse than the rest. I want to apologize because that's not the way the gospel is supposed to be communicated. Sin is sin. And, and, and so um, uh, I'm going to read Leviticus 18. Okay. And um, I very rarely do illustrations because uh, I'd like to paint pictures in your mind. But I have to do an illustration for this one. Uh, because I need you to see what I see in my head when I read uh, Genesis, I mean, I'm sorry, Leviticus chapter number 18. So um, in Leviticus chapter number 18, God starts to give some protections uh, around sexuality so that we can continue to enjoy it the way he intended us to enjoy it. So then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. I am the Lord, your God. So do not act like the people in Egypt where you used to live or like the people of Canaan where I am taking you. Here's what God says. I don't want you to act like you used to do in your past. And when I bring you into this, this, this place of blessing and prosperity, I don't want you to act like the people over there either. <laughs> I want you exclusive to me in the way that you live your life. You must not imitate their way of life. Now, this is a big deal because there is a lot of imitation going on in our culture. We have people uh, 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 defining their sexuality not based on something they're feeling, but on something they are seeing. And it looks cool for them, so it must be cool for me. 
And you would think that this is only happening to people that don't know about Jesus or have made a commitment to follow Jesus. But this is happening in the church. So God puts protections around his people and their sexuality. And he says, don't imitate their way of life. You must obey all of my regulations and be careful to obey uh, my decrees for I am the Lord your God. If you obey my decrees and my regulations, you will find life through them. This is all he's saying. You want to enjoy life to the fullest? Obey my decrees and my regulations. I am the Lord. Here we go. You must never have sexual relations with a close relative for I am the Lord. I'm going to protect y'all. You might think your cousin's cute. <laughs> I don't care how hot they are. Your close relative? Not you, fam. <laughs> Do not violate your father by having sexual relations with your mother. She is your mother. <laughs> You must not have sexual relations with her. Do not have sexual relations with any of your father's wives. That ain't, that ain't right now. <laughs> For this would violate your father. Do not have sexual relations with your sister or half-sister. She, whether she is your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, whether she was born into your household or someone else's, do not have sexual relations with your granddaughter Whether she is your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter, for this would violate yourself. Do not have sexual relations with your stepsister, the daughter of any of your father's wives, for she is your sister, duh. Do not have sexual relations with your father's sister, for she is your father's close relative. Do not have sexual relations with your mother's sister, for she is your mother's close relative. Do not violate your uncle, your father's brother, by having sexual relations with his wife, for she is your aunt. Can we just pause real quick? Why would he have to say all this? <laughs> I know some of y'all looking like, bruh, I'm good, bruh. <laughs> you ain't hit nothing yet on this list that I'm like, oh, dang. <laughs> I was just about to ask my Theo. <laughs> If we could date, <laughs> Theo is Spanish for uncle. Do not have sexual relations with your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife, so you must not have sexual relations with her. Do not have sexual relations with your brother's wife, for this would violate your brother. Do not have sexual relations with both a woman and her daughter. And do not take her granddaughter, whether her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter, and have sexual relations with her. They are close relatives, and this would be a wicked act. While your wife is living, do not marry her sister. Don't you do that. Don't you do that one. Nah, don't you do that. For they would be rivals. Do not have sexual relations with a woman during her period of menstrual impurity. Do not defy yourselves by having sexual intercourse with your neighbor's wife. Do not permit any of your children to be offered as a sacrifice to Molech, for you must not bring shame on the name of your God, I am the Lord. Now, let me just say for this, if this sounds confusing, because who's sacrificing something to Molech right now? This is about abortion. This is about child sacrifice. Now, if you had an abortion, I don't want you to hold your head down. God will forgive you. God will forgive any sin. Jesus went to that cross and was nailed there and bled out for any possible sin that you could ever do. So if you've had an abortion, he forgives you. If you repent and say, I, I shouldn't have done that, he forgives you. Don't have another. 
It's that simple. But that's what that's talking about. Now, this is the one that, that a lot of people get riled up about. But, but you see what we've stacked up up until this time, right? And all of these are hetero. All of this is male and female. This whole little thing I done built up. And isn't it amazing that all this hetero stuff wouldn't even be mentioned, but we'll pull out this verse and try to body slam somebody with it. Do not practice homosexuality. Having sex with, an, with another man as with a woman, it is a detestable Sin. Isn't it amazing we have this whole cluster, but we'll only pull out this one? And churches have made their entire doctrine off this one. Yet they'll have pastors in their church sleeping with the secretary. And they'll have Sunday school teachers turning out the little boys in Sunday school. Because when you don't teach the full counsel of God's word, you give people a license to think their sin is okay. Well, just know I'm coming after all y'all. Do not practice homosexuality. Go back to that one real quick. Do not practice homosexuality, having sex with another man as with the woman. Uh, it is a detestable sin. Uh, a man must not defile himself by having sex with an animal. And a woman must not offer herself to a male animal to have intercourse with this. This would be a perverse, a perverse act. Didn't know that was in there, did you? <laughs> Do not defile yourselves in any of these ways, for the people I am driving out before you have defiled themselves in all these ways. He said, I'm taking you to a place, and the reason why I'm even giving you their land is because this is the way they have been treating their bodies and their community. Because the entire land has become defiled, I am punishing uh, the people uh, who live there. I will cause the land to vomit them out. You must obey all my decrees and regulations. You must not commit any of these detestable sins. This applies both to native-born Israelites and to foreigners living among you. All these detestable activities are practiced by the people of the land where I am taking you, and this is how the land has become defiled. So do not defile the land and give it any reason to vomit you out as it will vomit out the people who live there now. Whoever commits any of these detestable sins will be cut off... Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me slow down. Whoever commits any of these detestable sins, not like this one's okay, but that one, don't, don't do that one. Any of them. Any of these that are committed, you'll be cut off from the community of Israel. So obey my instructions. And do not defile yourselves by committing any of these detestable practices that were committed by the people who lived in the land before you. I am the Lord your God. Now, 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 I, I talk to people who, um, uh, again, because they are so um, uh, uh, identified by their sexuality, both hetero and homo, uh, uh, you read something like Leviticus 18 and they're like, oh, oh there you go again. Bible thumping, Old Testament. And, and, and so my invitation is, whichever one you don't think needs to be in there, take it out. Since you don't... You think this one... No, oh, the Lord wants me to do this one. I, 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 but be careful, though. Because if you can get this out without knocking everything else down... You might get to have fun doing your thing, but you've now given everybody else permission to come get theirs too. So you try to take one of, just if you just try to take one of those out, I like it. I like my uncle. (laughs) 
Ain't it crazy when you try to keep yours together and then you judge everybody else falling apart? God's not trying to prohibit you as much as he is trying to protect you. So there's some things that I want you to write down, and I know there's some religious people that are about to, ooh, your, your butt cheek's about to, uh. <laughs> I promise you, I already know it's going to happen. Like when I got, when he gave me the sermon, I was like, they going, oh, they going, they going to tighten up, Jesus? They, ah. It's about to happen. So if you just feel a pinch, it's just the truth, okay? Please write this down. I hope somebody gets free off this. Attraction isn't a sin. Our reactions to our attractions can become a sin. But hear me, attraction is not a sin. Say it with me, attraction is not a sin. Again, attraction is not a sin. One more time, attraction is not a sin. Our reactions to our attractions can become a sin. I've read from Genesis to Revelation, I can't find one verse where God is upset about somebody's attraction. He has nothing to say about attraction. He does have something to say about lust. He has zero to say about attraction. Do you know that God makes beautiful things? He's not going to make it ugly so you'll stay away from it. He just gives you a command to protect you from it. So in Genesis chapter number two, no, I'm sorry, chapter number three, uh, Adam and Eve are in the garden. But in Genesis chapter number two, God told both Adam and Eve that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is not to be eaten. Guess what Eve was attracted to in Genesis chapter number three? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The attraction wasn't God's issue. He knew it was beautiful when he made it. He just said, you cannot eat it. He didn't even say you couldn't touch it. He said, you can't eat it. Right. Scripture says, when Eve looked at the tree and saw that it was beautiful, you know what God would have said? If she said, you know what, God, I'm really attracted to that, he would have said, no doubt. I made it. I make beautiful things. I know people that, that, that are, are married and, and you find yourself attracted to, to other men or other women. And, and guess what? God says when you notice another attractive person. Yeah, I agree with you. They're hot. <laughs> but you already made a commitment to your spouse. So go home. Yeah. <laughs> the attraction isn't the issue. It's your reaction to the attraction. If I'm in the mall by myself, which would never happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm just an introvert and I don't, there's just too many people. And, and if I'm walking and, 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 and I'm by myself, Juliet is, y'all, that girl is so fine. I, that, that's, whew, that's me. I'm talking about sex next week. And I'm going to talk. Um, but if I'm walking, I see an attractive female walking towards me. And I see her, and I notice, wow, she's attractive. I'm not sinning. If I walk past her, <laughs> shit. <laughs> My reaction can become a sin. If I follow around the mall for the next 15 minutes, I'm a creep. <laughs> if I flirt, now I'm playing with fire. We exchange numbers. I have already crossed the boundary. We start texting each other. And now I'm in an emotional relationship. Even if it never gets physical, what happens is that my attraction is not the sin. My reaction to the attraction became a sin. Which brings me to my next point I want you to write. 
attraction isn't planned. I didn't plan to go to the mall and be attracted to another woman. Attraction isn't planned. Our reactions to our attractions are planned. What you do about it is planned. So when somebody tells me, who is a believer in Jesus Christ, that I have a same-sex attraction, you know what God says to that? I get it. I make beautiful things. You're attracted. You're a man and you're attracted to another man. You're a woman and you're attracted to another woman. God has no problem with your attraction. What is your reaction to that attraction going to be? Your attraction, if not governed by God, will inform how you feel you're oriented. And based on how you believe and receive information about how you're oriented, you'll begin to identify that way. Attraction informs orientation and orientation can become an identity if we do not submit all of that to the Lord. There are as many heterosexual people struggling in their sexuality to submit to God as there are homosexuals who are struggling to submit their sexuality to the will of God. The problem is the church hasn't been addressing both. And we have run people that love Jesus and want to be submitted to him, to him out of our churches because we won't even normalize the conversation around attraction. So I'm telling you that he made the protections for a reason. And after he made it, he wanted to protect us with it. After he directed it, he created it, directed it, then he wanted to protect us with it. But attraction is not the issue. Your reactions to your attractions become the major issue. Are y'all with me? Can I go deeper? Point number four, please write this down. God owns our sexuality. God owns our sexuality. This is, this is the statement here that is going to determine whether you have a savior or a Lord. <laughs> Who is the owner? Is it you? Or is it him? I'm so one with my sexuality. It belongs to me. I'm identified by it. Are, are, did you, you created it? I, I can only do something uh, and change something with something I actually own. If I'm not the owner, I can't make changes or modifications. Anybody in here ever leased a vehicle? You lease a vehicle? They tell you. This is yours. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's yours for three years and up to 36,000 miles. You drive past 36,000 miles, you will pay for those miles. You cannot paint it. You cannot throw 22-inch rims on it. You cannot put a candy paint coating on it. If you're from Houston. It's not yours. You're just using it. Your sexuality isn't yours, you're just using it. You know in eternity there is no sex. For, so for all the glorification there is on earth, it's temporal. The glory you're experiencing in heaven, you'll never think about sex again. And sex is bomb. So that means heaven's going to be lit. <laughs> I ain't going to think about sex again. Heaven's going to be dope, okay? <laughs> So let me, read you some, let me read you some scripture. God owns our sexuality. Let me read you this. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number uh, 6, starting at the ninth verse. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Can I just pause right there? <laughs> Corinth was off the chain, y'all. 
Yo. The people that were giving their life to Jesus in Corinth, they were buck wild. When you got to write down male prostitution, you are out there, sir. <laughs> Thieves, drunkards, those that worship idols, those that are involved in sexual immorality, those that are homosexuals, those that are male prostitutes, those that are having heterosex outside of marriage. I mean, they're, they're, Corinth was buck. He's writing to a church, y'all. He's not posting an op-ed in the New York Times. Can't believe these Romans are out here acting like this. They're, they're Romans. They're sinners. They're not confessing Jesus. So Paul didn't bother speaking to that community. He was only talking to the people in the community of faith. Stop taking your picket signs to people that haven't even said they wanted Jesus as Lord. If they don't want to live according to the Bible, don't preach to them about what they can't do. They don't care. Before I gave my life to Jesus, I was in my parents' church sitting on the back row writing raps. Going to the beach, I was trying to find a girl that wanted to have sex today. <laughs> I was looking at pornography. I was numbing the pain of my past. And I had no conviction of it. And I heard every sermon about why it was wrong, but I wasn't ready to commit my life to Jesus. So I didn't do none of it. When I gave my life to Christ and I said, I want you as Savior and Lord, the Holy Spirit started convicting me and I started changing. And even when I did slip and do it anyway, I couldn't enjoy it. Because now I'm under the conviction because I'm in a relationship with an eternal God who's trying to protect the way I express my sexuality. But once again, that, 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 those verses that I just read, it's a cluster of them, right? I just want you to go back through the entire scripture from Genesis to Revelation, you'll never find the word homosexuality isolated by itself. It's always in a cluster with other sins. And we need to stop preaching it like it's an isolated issue. Sin is sin. Okay? So, so Paul makes this whole list, right? If, if you do any of this stuff, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And it sounds like, oh my goodness, dude, you, you're, you're coming hard on, on the Corinthian church. This next sentence proves that everybody he just listed was actually in the church he was writing to. Some of you were once like that. <laughs> it's just so dope. Some of you were once like that. So that means there was a male prostitute in the Corinthian church. There were homosexuals in the Corinthian church. There were heterosexuals that were having sex outside of marriage in the Corinthian church. There was actually, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 5, the, the chapter preceding it, uh, there was a guy that was having sex with his stepmom, right. which is down here somewhere. <laughs> he tried to take that out and was like, I'm sorry, she's, daddy should have married her because she is, <laughs> she hot. Okay. Some of you were once like that. Here's what he's saying. The only thing that's ever going to be in this church are people that were out in that world. I should just free up everybody like, oh, sweet. So I'm not by myself. So, 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 so we don't need the hypocrisy in the church where people try to act like they didn't come from the streets. Well, I got saved when I was five. But remember when you was four? Some of you were once like that. Anybody got the testimony that I used to be like that? I used to be, ooh, ooh, I used to be like that. I'm not going to point to which one of those on the list I was, but I used to be like that. We would have such a beautiful church if we just admitted we, we were on the list. We've never escaped the list that describes sin. Because we were all sinners and we were saved by grace. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. Hello. Hello. 
I, I remember being a young adult pastor and uh, we had Q&A for two weeks. No question off limits, no, nothing scripted, just coming in hot, right? Just firing off. And uh, uh, this girl got up and she said, uh, where does it say in the Bible that cohabitation is a sin? And I said, girl, it ain't in there, so just uh, 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 live together and have all the sex you want. And I went on to the next question. Everybody was like, <gasps> I love causing tension. That's what I said. I said, it, it don't say nothing about cohabitation, so just live together, have all the sex you want. Went on to the next question. 20 minutes later, I came back to her. Hey, you. Here's why I didn't entertain your question. Because you don't want to live right. Anytime it has to be spelled out to your specific kind of sin. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> what if when I met him, I didn't know he was my uncle? And we had already, you know, kind of fell for each other. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. I didn't even try to do that. Holy Spirit's helping me with this sermon. What if the scenario was kind of like, you know, God got to have like a loophole for like, And even though I am a, I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was, for, was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But what you can't say, though, that's the way I want to say it. <laughs> but what you can't say, but you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. You cannot say that. There's too much scripture that supports the opposite of that statement. They were made for the Lord. He owns sexuality. Your bodies were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is a part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one. So this is one of the uh, pop quizzes I like to do uh, uh, when I'm in a group. Uh, I usually do it in singles. Uh, and I'll say, hey, how many people have ever been married? And, you know, it's a singles ministry, so nobody's raised their hand, right? Or two or three hands will go up because they were uh, married, but then now they're divorced. So those hands will go down, and I'll say, okay, let me ask a different question. How many people have ever been married? I mean, ever had sex, right? So all these hands go up. I'm like, then you've been married. Because according to scripture, sex is marriage. The two become one. So how many times have you been married? <laughs> Move along a little. Some of y'all have been married a lot of times. This is big facts. Okay? But when you know better, you do better. Okay? The scriptures say the two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Love this next line. Run from sexual sin. It's the only thing you can do to it. You got to dip. <laughs> I have a friend who um, uh, lived in Mississippi, and we, we were accountability partners in, the early, uh, in our early 20s. And uh, his girlfriend told him to come over, and uh, he, he was a believer in Jesus. So was she. Um, but she probably hadn't gone through all the discipleship classes yet. So... <laughs> Um, when he went over there, um, she was in the shower, and so he was waiting for her in the living room. 
and she came out of uh, the shower with a with a with just a, a bath towel on, and she walked up to him and turned around and she said, "Take off the towel." He remembered those four words, and he ran out of the house. <laughs> so that's the only way you're gonna get away from it. You try to reason with it, y'all both gonna be at the altar on Sunday. So he he literally got off the couch and ran out of the house, past his car, <laughs> up the street. And this, this is this is this is my early 20s, so this is this is early 2000s, no cell phones yet. He runs to a payphone, calls me, out of breath, crying. <sighs> I'm like, hello? He's like, oh, I ain't do nothing, man. I ain't do nothing, man. We are supposed to go on a date. And then she came out of the bath. She said, you taking a shower, bro? I was on the couch in the living room. She came in the towel. She was still soaking wet, glistening and all. And then she, and then she said, take off the towel. And I remember, you know, run from, and so I ran. I said, bro, where are you? I'm at a payphone, man. I said, where's your car? He's like, it's down the block. I said, all right, man, here's what you're going to do. I said, how, how long does it take you to get home? He said, oh, I live like 15 minutes away from her. That's right. I said, bro, okay. So in 19 minutes, I should get a call from your house. Because if you go back in there, y'all about to get married. No officiant, no invites. Y'all just about to be married, okay? 19 minutes later, no, actually it was about 17 minutes later. I think he sprinted back to his car. We held each other accountable, but he ran. That's the only, the only way you gonna get away from it. You gotta run from that, right? I can say no to calamari because I don't like it. <laughs> Me saying no to my wife, bruh, please. No other sin is so clearly affects the body as this one does. Can we be honest? Yes, yes. You have sex and then you break up and then they all in your head? You, you swear up and down, you don't care what they do? You ain't with them no more? Find out what they do, and you, <laughs> you, <laughs> huh? For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Why did he want you to protect it? Because you are literally sinning against yourself. Here we are. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? He's been with you every time you've had sex outside of marriage. He's been right there just... This, this is what we're doing today? <laughs> who lives in you and was given to you by God? Here it is. You do not belong to yourself. God is the owner of our sexuality. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you at a high price. So you must honor God with your body. We have to honor him with our bodies. And I know single people, both heterosexual and homosexual, and have taken the strength of this verse and vowed celibacy. Not because they don't have a sexuality that they want to express, but because they've brought it under the lordship of Jesus Christ. I know people who have attractions to men and women. I know people in church that are heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, all the sexuals. And literally, they've told me, I, I cry myself to sleep at night because I can't be with the person that I'm attracted to unless I'm married and unless it's directed the way God wants it to. 
wants it to be directed. I've literally cried myself to sleep, but I'd rather cry myself to sleep and keep my relationship with God than to have the person I want in the bed with me and be disconnected from God. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the message for you this weekend. That God created our sexuality. God directed our sexuality. He has protected our sexuality. And he's the owner of our sexuality. Would you bow your heads? With every, with every head bowed and every eye closed, um, I, I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hands if they felt like this is a message that blessed them. If you've struggled with, he, you know, heterosexual sex outside of marriage, if you have uh, a same-sex attraction, or if you uh, feel oriented towards homosexuality in any of its uh, expressions, I, I just want you to let this message sink in. For some of you, this might have been a, uh, a message that just gave you confirmation to a journey you've already been on. For others, there, there may have been components to this message that you res- you're wrestling with right now. No matter where you find yourself, I, I just want you to sit with the scriptures. Not with my opinion. I want you to sit with the scriptures and allow the scriptures to speak to you about God's creation, his direction, his protection, and his ownership as it relates to our sexuality. Whether you're in this room or you're watching us online, my prayer is that something was said in this message that draws you closer to your relationship with God. There is nothing greater than submitting every aspect of our lives, including something so connected to us as sexuality, to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and allowing him to lead, guide, and direct us and the expression of it. So Holy Spirit, I just pray for every single one of my brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters. I thank you for the grace that you have given us to be able to talk about hard things and normalize them. God, may Embassy City be a church that talks about everything. (laughs) That if it's in your Bible, we are going to talk about it. And if it's not in there, we ain't going to say nothing about it either. God, thank you for breakthroughs. I prophesy breakthroughs in our sexuality. I prophesy breakthroughs in the healing of our sexuality. I prophesy breakthroughs in the male and female genders submitted to Jesus Christ becoming everything you have called them to be, doing everything you called them to do in the bodies you put them in. Both male and female, he created them to reign and to rule and to govern. Thank you, Lord God, for giving us our sexuality. May we glorify you in the bodies you put us in. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Irving. If you would like to support more of what we're doing, 
You can give online at embassycity.com or text Embassy City, all one word, to 77977. We pray you had a great week. Thanks for listening today.